They don't have guests, they have contestants. 10 Questions with Kyle Brandt is the perfect game show and talk show hybrid that you need. Check out 10 Questions exclusively on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts, from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. Cold open question of the week. Dan St. Germain. Hello. Who is the best men's champion in professional wrestling in the United States? Is it Kenny Omega, Roman Reigns, Finn Balor, or Bobby Lashley? Roman Reigns. By a hair. Uh, <laughs> by a hair. By, by beautiful, long, greasy, curly hair. Although I like Kenny Omega ultimately better, I think that Roman is booked just slightly better than Kenny. Slightly. So that's what I, that's what I would say. Even though Kenny's great. I love both of those guys. Those are my two favorite guys right now. So I can't say that I disagree. Let's get into this for real. Uh, but before we do that, let's start the show. What's going on, jabronis? It's Pitch Mr. Perfect, Skylar Aston. Hey, this is Bruce Pritchard. Gross Battle Season 1 champion, Mike Lawrence. The king of sad stop. The Silver Lake heartthrob. It's Troy Kirby. It's Nick Mundy. It's a surreal WWE superstar, the legit boss, Sasha Banks. Hey, this is WWE superstar, Braun Strowman. My name's Kevin Owens. I'm Shinsuke Nakamura. Zach Linder. Dan Black, a.k.a. the Goofaraja. I'm AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, if you will, and you're listening. You're listening to this. You're listening to. You are listening to. You're listening. You're listening. You're listening to the Masked Man Show. 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 Welcome to the Masked Man Show. Kaz is on vacation this week. Actually, on vacation, so I'm joined. Um, as I often am, as I often have been, as I'm right. always happy a to be. A former co-host for three months <laughs> yes. before I had to go leave and write on a show in the middle of the fucking cold. This is like every time Eric Bischoff comes back to Raw and you're excited and then you're like, oh, wait, this never works out. Uh, <laughs> welcome back to the show, Dan St. Germain. Uh, hey, man, I bring a, uh, I'm a great third man. I'm not the best second man for the show, but I'm You a have a new podcast where you're the, I guess, the first man, but there, was, but there were like four people there. Yes, it's called Wrestle. Roasts. Uh, I used to have a podcast called Total F and Marks. This does um, take some of that. We still cover current events. We still have like a, a 10 count, which is from that show. Uh, but we added a roast uh, and uh, we roasted Bret Hart last week. People seem to love it. We're going to be doing the big show this week. That episode drops tomorrow morning. So check it out. We really give it to that big bastard. Big show is probably going to think it's hilarious. The problem with roasting Bret is he that will Brett- not. Brett, yeah. <laughs> Brett 100% thinks that he has like a fight scheduled with you now because of, of the way that you roasted him. He- <laughs> Here's the thing. Like, we interrupt for a second. I think Brett would probably be pissed, but we still say Brett's a good wrestler, which is the only <laughs> thing he cares about. So I don't think he would be that annoyed. Big Show, I know, you know, Big Show already, one of our um, hosts, Robert Karpolis, who is a writer for WWE and he's, he's a lawyer and a host for us now. Um, but he, uh, <laughs> You know, he got blocked by the Big Show because he runs that WWE creative-ish feed. Oh, yeah. So he made one joke about him, and then the Big Show was just... So I, I think that they, like... I, I think he's a little bit of a... Those really big... Like, it's like short guys or big fat guys are really sensitive. <laughs> um, Two of my favorite kinds of wrestlers. Well, <laughs> the reason why I ask you the question to open the show, because we got... I was looking around, surveying the landscape... As everybody listening to this, I'm sure knows, Bobby Lashley won the WWE Championship by defeating The Miz on Raw this week. 
Oh, I, can I interrupt just once more again? We will be covering Bobby Lashley's championship win tomorrow, but it will be in the terms of it. Does he have the silliest voice of any WWE champion in history? <laughs> Yeah, he. Uh, I'm not sure that he does. I, I think that there's some other contenders. It's him or Brock or Seth. It's a three way dance. Tell me, well, what about Bob Backlund? What about well, Bob? Well, I can't. Back- we can't talk about this now. I'm blowing the. Okay. What, were you, what was the question then? Yeah. No, we got a lot of good champions right now. Speaking of Kenny Omega, we will be going in deep on AEW Revolution uh, later. But I want to start off the show talking about Bobby Lashley. I could have, I guess, thrown Nick Aldis or Jacob Fatu in the conversation, too. Although, I mean, Fatu is actually probably worth talking about. But Fatu's a great champ, man. His fucking finisher is unbelievable. Love it. Love him, love him to death. But Lashley is like, I mean, Drew McIntyre, no I, no, no qualms with that guy. Uh, I think Lashley has, we're, we're on the, it feels like we're at the beginning of things. We're on the precipice, right? So it's like anything is possible. And we're all so hyped about him right now. I'm excited to see him fight Drew, I assume, at WrestleMania. But and we'll get into that, but Omega, Roman, Lashley, and unsung hero Finn Balor, who might be operating at a higher level than anybody except maybe Roman right now. In terms of like what we thought his ceiling was and where he is right now, Finn has been consistently one of the best what five wrestlers in the world for the past year, ever since he turned heel. And he's, man, that match he had with Roddy Strong uh on nxt last night was just i still haven't seen this i still have an hour of nxt i've got to watch it's, uh, it's the a, second it, hour it's one of those things where if you like it's just sort of eye-opening it's i mean it's not like the best match you've ever seen has a really sweet finish but it's just like such a su- such a solid match and you realize that finn balor's had like 30 solid matches that you would like put four stars next to in the past year he, he really is an unsung hero it's just you know he's the victim of his time slot by the way, can we talk? Can you talk about this on your show? Maybe invite me on to talk about this. I want you to come on anytime. This I invite is, you all the time. I know, no, but this is this is the conversation that I think is more appropriate for your show than mine. Okay. Is how big is Bobby Lashley's dick? <laughs> yeah, you're talk, if, you're, if you want to talk about who has the silliest voice as a champion, can we talk about Roddy Strong and where he ranks in? Dude, the- we talk about Roddy Strong. Like my thing about Rod Roderick Strong is, and, and, and Roddy, if you're listening, and I know you're not. Roderick, you're an amazing wrestler in the ring. You tell an amazing story in the ring. Yes, agreed. You tell an amazing, so like you do that, like your facial expressions are perfect. But when you do a promo, you just slow the fuck down. Like <laughs> it is just, he's so nervous. He's so nervous in these promos. This is all I want. I mean, maybe he needs a little bit more mic time, which honestly, he's a vet, but he hasn't really gotten in front of the camera. Here's all I want to know about Roddy Strong. Where In terms of every indie wrestler or wrestler that has arrived in WWE using a pre-existing name over the history of WWE is Roddy Strong Roder is Roderick Strong number 1 in the rankings of man I wish we'd had the opportunity to change that to something else like is <laughs> Rod- I feel like Roderick is like what Vince wishes his name was you know what I mean yeah. it's so proper um, <laughs> I had an idea on the show for Roderick Strong where I would um I would put the cane mask on him and just call him the big rod machine and have him talk with like a, with a voice box, you know, like, like just, just this way. I think that his promos would be better with Kane's voice box. I, I totally agree. Okay. Enough about Roddy. Uh, an excellent wrestler, Roderick strong. Excellent. I'm not, I love the guy. So wait, so let's, just, promo. let's talk about Bobby Lashley for a second. The other, the champion of the, of the moment he won on Monday night in a, I mean, Monday night, I, I, this there isn't a, this isn't a super high bar, but Monday night might have been the best episode of Raw start to finish in a year. Is that is that possible? More there might have been one good episode. It was real. I really liked it. You know, Alvarez and Meltzer were shitting on the you know the the Miz and Lashley stuff, but like I love, I really liked that. I really. Wait, what liked, did they say? What, what were they? I have no oh, idea. Well, they're so they in the bag for AEW. It's great. I don't think you know. Like I don't believe that conspiracy theory. They're getting paid by AEW, but it's like. But like they, they forgive stuff on AEW that they would crucify a WWE for. It's just, you know, how well, it works. Okay, listen, I love I actually like Alvarez's shtick a lot of the time when people get pissed off. I can tell that he's joking. But this is a good lesson for wrestling fans in general. It's a, it goes for the positive and the negative. Just because you can think of a joke to make when something is happening on professional wrestling doesn't mean that the segment is shit. Because you you if you're if you have half a brain cell, you can make a joke about every single thing you see on wrestling television. It's professional wrestling, right? But a lot of people get it in their head that if they can come up with an insult or if they can fantasy book a better match, then what they're watching is bad. That's not true. You got to just like watch it and enjoy appreciate it. You know, it's not always bad. And, and what Alvarez does a lot is just go over the top. 
right now. I literally, I watched Ring of Honor Sunday. Had a great time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I love professional wrestling. I, I love WWE. I love AEW. Uh, I, I don't understand why you have to make a choice or no, or you don't. Whatever. You really don't. I mean, both companies do things well in very different ways. And uh, depending on what mood you're in, watch that show. Um, so Lashley, I, I really liked what they did. I mean, this is this is not exactly the longest of long-term storytelling, although they'll have the opportunity to do a lot of that when they put, if they put Lashley and Drew back together again after they wrestled a year, you know, had a feud a year ago. But, um, but you know, the, they, the, the story that they told at Elimination Chamber with Miz cashing in with the aid of Bobby Lashley and then giving Lashley the title shot and then Miz chickening out. And they spent the whole, they spent a whole episode building to this match that ended up, I mean, that, that they, you know, you could have built this up over three months or six months somehow in one episode, even though Miz kind of took the fall in a lot of different metaphorical ways, Miz ends up basically boosting Bobby Lashley to a champion that you are jumping up and down when Bobby Lashley wins, right? Miz, you know, like he's uh, him and MVP. Those are prototypical cool heels. Those are the Kevin Owen heels, you know? Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering, you know, like who's like, cause this WrestleMania, we're going to actually really see crowd reaction, you know, for the first time in o- almost yep. over a year. So we're going to see who they're going to cheer for Lashley or Drew McIntyre. I think they made true. I think they may cheer for Lashley and Vince may go, God damn it. We have a baby face. Well, yeah, I mean, I see a lot of people asking, uh, seriously, ironically, uh, any version of it, why Lashley is is a he? Why why isn't Lashley a babyface? And I'm not sure that there's a huge distinction. I, I don't mean this as some sort of like highbrow conversation. I think that without the crowds telling them, dictating what to do, WWE might accidentally be just booking more interesting characters, right? Because like, if you, they certainly did the Orton over the summer, and right, and it's spring. like if you're not it. We 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 beg WWE to, to to acknowledge our reactions, right? And, and and it's important. I mean, from the beginning of wrestling, the crowd is the most important thing. But it's like we're we are we as wrestling fans are so determined to say, I'm cheering for him, so he's a babyface. I'm booing him, so let's make him a heel or let's make whatever. We want the turn. It's actually when they just have the the monotone drone of fake crowd noise being piped in, they're like it turns out they're kind of accidentally booking really interesting tweeners all the time because they're not being forced to have heels start kissing babies. They're not being forced to have baby faces hit people with chairs because the crowd's demanding it. Does that make sense? Uh, Yeah. I think that, you know, I think it's different for everybody. I think that, I think Roman has really benefited and Randy have really benefited. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, Drew got a little bit hurt by the pandemic because they've kind of booked him like a pure baby face. So, you know, having that crowd react, because he was really, you know, just, he was really just starting to get over before the pandemic, you know, when he had that segment at Barclays where he, uh, you know, Claymore Brock into a different zip code. That was, that was the first time I thought, you know, oh, people were really behind this guy. So I think he got really hurt. And I think like acts like the Velveteen dream get really hurt by not having a crowd, which. Well, and other things, but yeah. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, I, so I I don't know. I I think it's, it's a mixed bag, right? It's there's some good, there's some bad. It's, it's just a thing. Yeah, no, it's totally true. Um, But so wait, what is your, at the end of Monday night raw, what is your assumption about what the WrestleMania main event on the raw side is going to be? Oh, it's going to be Lashley and Drew, or depending on the coverage they get, it's going to be Bad Bunny. If like they get a shitload of, I'm seriously, if they get like like Vince will headline that the first night for sure. If if he if if there's enough media coverage, and no, but you don't mean Bad Bunny's going to be in the championship match. You just mean they're going to no, call that I mean the main that, event. That they're going to close out the first night. No, no, no but I just I you think you think it's going to be Lashley and Drew straight up. Miz is totally out of the story. Absolutely, line, right? yeah, Miz is totally out of the story. You can't do that again. It was a failure the first time. He's a great character. He's great on the mic. He's he's just not a top guy. He's a he's a he's a right below the top guy, but he's just not a top guy. I still think he can be a top guy, but I think you're right. It needs a little bit of like he he's not he it just needs a little bit of like deliberate booking, you know? I mean, you could have him you could give him a 6-month run on top, but it would but yeah, I mean, it's not going to be no, it's so a much bad of an expectation. I know, but I'm just saying you could, if you booked it right, you could, but there's just so much of an expectation that your guy's going to have like a banger night in and night out. And Miz is like Orton in the sense that he's dependent on his dance partner a lot. Now, Orton stepped it up over the past month and over the past several years, but. No, I, yeah, Orton has definitely stepped it up for sure. I mean, 
Miz cannot, re- dude. Miz, I, I've I've become a believer. I've become an evangelist for Randy Orton, and I used to not well, be a too. Randy Orton guy. But uh, no, Miz is like Miz is just not very good in the ring. You know, he's fine. He's fine, and he's and he's a very good, great promo. He's a great promo, but mm-hmm. he just you know like all his classic matches. You know, it's like that match with him, Seth, and Finn at yeah. Mania. Like that was a great match, but the match between you know, Seth and Finn, like a week beforehand, blew that one out of the water on You're Raw. Right. It's just, it's just, you know, the guy's limited. Yeah, no, it's true. It's true. It's true. I don't think he's as limited, uh, but he's not limited, like limited, limited. He's just, you know, I nowadays, know. if you're, if you're a WWE champion, you have to be a great a wrestler. Yeah. You can't, but you cannot, you cannot, like the days of, you know, being able to like book just, you know, an Andre are, are over. It's, it's, it's just not, you know, I guess they could, but like, I don't know, man, it's like, uh, it's just the business has changed. People expect a great match to close out every night. Well, they've always expected that. I think that the, I mean, Hulk Hogan was sort of like the oddity and the whole thing, right? I mean, and then you could, the historical anomaly, I guess I should say. It's not, yeah, I mean, you can't, you talk about division killers and stuff, but there's also, there's another reason why, like, you know, Big Show, speaking of him, was not going to be your, like, long-term solution as champ. Um, because he can't just, you know, put on a 60-minute Broadway for every, every night, uh, every yeah. month in the, at MSG. Um, obviously, you know, Brock Lesnar has a lot more in-ring aptitude than he actually spent time, you know, than time spent in the ring during his reign. So that kind of puts the lie to it yeah, too. I mean, but anyway, he's do Iron Man matches and stuff, you know, he still has it. In him if oh he yeah. Wants to go. Look at that but, rumble. So, so we got, so if it's going to be drew versus Lashley straight up, um, what is your expectation for how they, what they do with that afterwards? Do you think that they, I mean, because you can look at it two ways, right? On the Drew side, the argument for Drew is this. It's pretty pretty straightforward. He's carried the company for a year through a pandemic. It's clear that they either believe in him 1 million percent or they feel like they owe him something, even which is maybe an even more powerful feeling, right? That they that they feel like they, he deserves a chance. And basically, like the, the argument would be he gets to have an underdog or come from behind win at WrestleMania and just sort of reboot his championship reign for an of an era with crowds in it. He gets his he gets it he gets a real shot coming out of WrestleMania. The flip side would be you've just abs- accidentally created the biggest star on this brand in Bobby Lashley. Call him a face, call him a heel, whatever. And he just won the belt in the most dominating fashion you could possibly imagine. Right. Um so it'd be kind of crazy. And yeah. Drew is repeatedly, whenever he just faced the Miz on his own, beating the Miz's ass like for the last year. No, no, I'm not. Listen, I'm not trying to. Com- there's no reason to compare the two. All I'm saying is, all I'm saying is, it's a like the booking itself was just like how how much more dominant could you? You could not have made Lashley look any more dominant in that match when they finally got in the ring together. So he's been him, booked amazingly the whole year. Yeah, it's true. But so, I, so I think you could make a case that either of them is going to win at WrestleMania. What do you, what do you expect? expect Drew to win, but you know, Vince is a Vince is a, a Vince is a Lashley mark. You know, every, everyone that I've talked to is who's worked for the company, you know, when, when Lashley left, it like really hurt Vince, like because he 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 always saw, you know, he's <laughs> look at the guy. He's exactly what Vince wants, you know, is you know, like there's not a, an ounce of fat on him. The problem is he's 44 years old and he's a bad promo. Um, and, uh, you know, MVP is great, but, uh, you know, I don't know. It just doesn't, that company doesn't want, like, they, they just don't want you to rely on managers that much. You know, every time besides Paul Heyman, every time a manager has kind of gotten over, they've done something to kill the manager. So, uh, you know, Alana is a huge, is a great example of that. Sure. So I, I don't know if he's a long-term solution. That's a roundabout way for me to say that. I'm not discounting that. I'm, I just, I just can't. I, I agree with everything that you said in principle, but I just can't discount everything that Lashley and MVP have done this year. I, I mean, I don't think first all, of all, MVP is great. I just don't think that. <clears throat> I, I just don't think Vince is going to go for the Bobby Heenan as the manager and the Monster Heel thing anymore for that long. You know, he did it with with Brock and Heyman, but I don't know. You know, he did it with Brock and Heyman. There, there you go. It could happen. It could happen. And listen, and all I needed to, I mean, as cool as the, 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 the booking was on Monday night and as excited as I was when Lashley won, 
I was on Bill Simmons' podcast earlier this week, yesterday, the day before, whenever, and and we talked. He wanted to, he wanted me to fill him in on all this stuff, and I said when Bobby Lashley won the title and got an actual tear in his eye, and you could actually see him like emotional about it. Yeah, it was very. That was did very more emotional. for that did almost more for me than anything else they've done with him. I mean, I like I suddenly can just totally buy him as a champ and as a wrestler that the crowd's going to get behind. So it'll be fun. It'll be fun to see what they do. It, it was interesting because we basically it felt like we had two. F- like free purview uh, what was it? is that what we used to call them shows this week the the go home show on AEW and then but Monday Night Raw has was was stacked we had Drew defeating Sheamus in a match that probably was supposed to headline a pay-per-view and now it's just we're it's kind yeah, of a throwaway it was supposed to be fast lane it was an awesome match and, and yeah they that was great we had these great setups after a lot of water treading over the past month we have the uh, Alexa Bliss Randy Orton segment, which it looks like we're really going to get, you know, the Firefly Funhouse match is is uh, all but confirmed. Um, Charlotte and and Oscar are um, are uh, you know on a path to a WrestleMania match. I don't I don't know that it was really necessary for Charlotte to, Charlotte to call out Oscar uh, since Charlotte's the only other woman on the Raw roster, as far as I can tell. But I, I just thought that was super. Uh... I don't know, like lazy, that whole segment. But but at least we're on, like all at this point, just like give me stuff to get hyped up for. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think that, it, and then and then I guess we know for sure that we're going to have Miz and Morrison versus Bad Bunny and Damian Priest. Yeah, for, for you know, in this like, you know, c- celebrity tag match at WrestleMania. So we know what, we're, we're starting to get a picture of what this, you know, what this is going to look like, which is really cool. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED highlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Pondering the Bagel with Tom. Oh, the paradox of the bagel. Tis crunchy yet soft. Tis filling yet has a hole. Tis a vehicle for spreads, but only travels from toaster to plate. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. The other big show this week, obviously, like I just said, well, I guess we, there was NXT, which was had a, you said you didn't finish it, but the Finn versus Roddy Strong match was great. We have Finn versus Adam Cole next week for the NXT championship and also Io Shirai, Tony Storm. So NXT's wait, saving their free purview, I guess, for, for next week. But um, the, but the AEW show, I mean, Dynamite this week was just, well, Dynamite, I guess I have to just go ahead and use the pun. Revolution is on Sunday. They're doing the Sunday pay-per-view thing. I love the Revolution card, but I did not love Dynamite last night. Maybe I'm in the minority because a lot of people loved it. So, well, I, I just think kudos to them for putting on a big show with a bunch of big matches that could have been pay per view matches. You know, I mean they 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 have a very specific idea. It looks like about what constitutes a pay per view match and what constitutes a free TV like you know drawn viewers match. And I'm glad they did it this way because a lot of people I think were there to watch Shaq that wouldn't have been there to pay for a pay per view. Um, but yeah, I mean, okay, I'll say this. I'm not, I have no idea what your take on the show was. Um, I will say, you know, there's a lot of things about AEW that remind us of like the wrestling uh, that we grew up with or, you know, the uh, the WCW, NWA stuff, whatever. There's nothing that brings me back to my childhood days of watching NWA wrestling um, than 
uh, like a dozen fat dudes in singlets rushing the ring for a schmoz at the end of the show. I don't. <laughs> I have no idea what they were trying to do. There is like all the tag teams from the tag team battle royal. And I'm just like, and it's like it oh, yeah, looks, they, they they realize they. Uh, I just I just realized that was a match like halfway through the show. So I know. Well, and, I mean, and I don't even. I mean, all these people are running out to fight the Dark Order, and it, and for, for the I mean, I know. <sighs> It, it looked a lot like watching Memphis wrestling and when they just had like the random dudes in the singlets coming out to like lose to superstar Bill Dundee um, <laughs> or like save superstar Bill Dundee from a beat down at the hands of Dutch Mantel. It was a uh, it was it was quite a look. But um, the Shaq Cody match was really good. Yeah, I thought that I thought they did a really, really nice job with that. The only thing that really annoyed me is that Cody didn't sell Shaq's powerbomb like at all. <laughs> I was like, that looked great. Why wasn't that devastating? Have fucking somebody else do a run in. I don't know. Yeah, it had the right ending. It had a, a bunch of big spots. Uh, yeah. Shaq, Shaq looked great. And I I would have probably bet my house that Shaq was not going to take a back bump off the ring apron through a table. I just don't, even if it's like gimmicked to the high heavens, I just, it, I would have never thought that Shaq would agree to do that. It's just too psychologically, there's too much of a barrier to get a, from a regular dude to do that, especially one whose body is that important. He was making a show yeah. that night too. So Shaq had his own, so he oh, knows, yeah. he knows that like that clip of him falling through a table is going to be on every ESPN reel. And it's also going to be um, in every preview for that show. So that, that's why he did it. It was just as much for him. Because, you know, nobody's going to talk about really like the power bomb was really good. And and look, Cody carried those guys to a uh, a great match, you know, but uh, like for for, you know, for for how green they are. Obviously, it wasn't a great match, but for how green they were, you know. Um, but but also, like, you know, I think like <laughs> when it was done, I had this feeling of wait. I doubted a guy who's one of the best basketball players of all time to remember the physical beats of something. Yeah, like, like of course he's going to be good at this. Well, right. So you're you're right. I mean, and Shaq's a fan. We've seen him over the years. But I think that it's not that he's not physically that he's not physically gifted enough to do it so much as you fear that he's too dismissive of the form. Even as a fan, it's easy to be too dismissive. You know, so dismissive of what being a wrestler is that you don't you just can't get it right. Yeah. Um. So yeah, but he was great. He was great. He looked good out there. Uh, had a little Brody Lee tribute before the power bomb too. I mean, he just he hit all the beats. Um, so you know, I mean that that was that was just really well done. Um, let's move on to AEW Revolution, and we can we can touch back on some of the other stuff that happened on Dynamite because um, we got a lot of fun stuff on this match. Um, we got well, the, Cody Rhodes had his big match on on last night on, on Dynamite against Shaq, but he's got another match at Revolution. Uh, the face of the Revolution ladder match for a future TNT championship. I'm not sure that b giving it a title that long is helpful to anybody, but okay. I mean, they're all at a ladder match idea. <laughs> every month, they got every pay-per-view, they got to bring in a ladder match and they got to rebrand it. I know, but why... I just don't understand why a ladder match needs a name. Like, why does I'm, if you build the elimination chamber, you can call it the elimination chamber. I don't know why you would need to, but you I mean, can dude, do that. It's, it's like it's typical fucking carny carny tactics, you know, like just what's put a new coat of paint on it and people will think it's a different ride. I know that WWE and everybody's been doing this forever, but it just feels so very TNA. To like have a match that's established, give it well, like they a haven't 1%. done a reverse battle royal yet. So. <laughs> no, but to like, we'll but to like give it a name, I'm more confused by the name by just oh, wait, whatever. Okay, it's a ladder match. Uh, the winner is the face of the revolution. Um, face of the revolution. <laughs> Cody Rhodes, Lance Archer, Penta, and Scorpio Sky. I don't know what the what the what the right talking point is for this, except that um, I don't think we talked about the Lance Archer. Uh, Phoenix match on this show last week, but that, I mean, AEW is very, very good at, and this maybe would be obvious, but they're very good at having matches where you might go in thinking you know who's going to win, but you you doubt yourself halfway through, where it looks like either one could win, and not just that, but during that match you wanted both of them to win. You're like, is it? You're trying to fantasy book away for the like there to be a, a, a non finish that puts them both in the match or something, you know? So they anyway, what they're doing here is fantastic. Um, Cody 
Scorpio Sky, Penta, Lance Archer, Max Caster, and TBA, I guess, are all in this one. So maybe you still can get in. But um, CM Punk, CM Punk. Well, okay, you mentioned him. I don't There's think he's no gonna... way he's coming back for a ladder match, by the way. There's no way that that's going to be the first after complaining about working with Ryback that he's going to take those bumps. Well, OK, so you just mentioned another possibility. <laughs> OK, on on Dynamite last night, Big Show came out, had a nice promo where he said AEW is going to sign a Hall of Fame Wait, level talent. Was that, is that, was Hall of Fame worthy he's talent? Worthy. So he's not, so he, does that mean he's not in the Hall of Fame? So it can't be Kurt Angle, right? Everybody reading that, every, all the comments that I said were people who were assuming that Hall of Fame worthy means at this moment in time, they are or could be in a Hall of Fame. My, when I heard him say it, I was just like, that could be, that could be anybody who's like a headliner, like a legit headliner, right? I mean, like, is anyone going to deny that, like, uh, John Moxley is Hall of Fame worthy? No. I mean, he's going to be in the Hall of Fame someday. We can definitely see that path. You could make the case that, well, who else? Who, I mean, the other, the, the, the non, the non, uh, cha- I mean, the champions we mentioned that I didn't mention in the opening segment, Nick Aldis, Jacob Fatu, Roosh, like you mentioned Ring of Honor earlier. Is there, Roosh is great. They're all, they're all Hall of Fame worthy if you want to just like talk and carny, you know, kayfabe. I don't know. Maybe it's Okada if they if they got him over. I don't I, I don't think so. Well, that's think, weirdly the first person I thought of, but I but feel I th- like they, I think they have too many shows planned in Tokyo right now. Well, and I just don't think that that's well. Maybe they're doing just a thing where they're trying to hype the crowd regardless. I feel like they would bring him in as more of a surprise on the the Kenny Omega side, but who knows? A lot of people th- were suspecting Batista because uh, Big Show apparently said Evolution instead of Revolution. Like, what a great like what a great way to to cover up for a just misspeak by him. Hey guys, when you see him on commentary, you realize it's not going to be an Easter egg. So <laughs> when you, <laughs> so I, I think Batista has indirectly uh, confirmed that it's not going to be him. Um, no, he, t- he had his retirement match. He's making millions of dollars in Hollywood. He's a 50 year old man. Well, who do you, th- I mean, do you, do you have any idea of who it might be? I didn't see any rumors out there. I, I put a list together, David. Really? Uh, I did last night. Sometimes when I, these are the people that I got to, and I just went through all Christian as a possibility. Mark Henry. That would be so crazy if Christian did the rumble and they didn't at least give him like a holding contract that was like, don't go anywhere else for six months or something. I mean, that's crazy. I could totally see them letting Christian go. And Vince, if that's the, if that's who the surprise is, Vince is going to be relieved. Um, Kurt Angle. Uh, perhaps Alistair Black. I, I I don't think so, but um, you know, I had Batista down. I had uh, Brock down, but I don't think that's going to be. Uh, you know, there's there's like the outside possibilities, right? Of like a uh, Austin Aries or a um, who's the who's the dude who's uh, Jay Lethal. Um, yeah, and you know, there's an outside possibility. I think of Bubba Ray Dudley. So we'll see. Bubba Ray Dudley is the most believable of that list. Cause there's everybody that's everybody that's like actually a free agent style or potentially free agent entering performer comes with some question marks. Bubba Ray can still kind of work is still very plugged in. Obviously he's on busted open. Very good on the mic. Very Um, good on the mic. We saw that he has, I mean, we saw what he was trying to do in, in, in ring of honor. Right. And, and, and you can, you know, there's a lot of critique of him, not, not entirely being willing to put people over if they, if he, if he didn't think they were up to his level, but whatever he wanted to do there, you could see him saying, well, now I can really, you know, now I can do it better in AEW. So that one's intriguing to me in terms of just like, I actually think that might be the answer. It also feels about right in terms of the way he was introduced the big show saying he was hall of fame worthy. Right. Right. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm, I think it's really cool that they just sort of said we're going to have this big debut on Sunday. And, and you know, maybe it'll be a disappointment, but uh, maybe it won't be. You never know. Uh, look, I, you know, I, uh, I thought out of everyone I listed, although it's the least sexy choice, the best choice for the company is Aleister Black. They need oh, more. Oh, they could get him for sure. Yeah, they need guys. They need more guys that are on moxley's level they do not need guys from the past like big show who are going to maybe draw rating the first two weeks they're on and then everyone's going to realize their limitations that's just not gonna 
help. I, you know, I understand short term is a fix, but long term, it's it's just not a fix. And they're making a lot of, you know, they, they've already they have too many people. Sting should have been it. That was it. You know, and then they they hired the big show. I really hope it's not like a Bubba Ray Dudley, even though I love Bubba Ray Dudley. I really hope it's not a Kurt Angle, even though I love a Kurt Angle. I, I just don't think that that's I think that you're getting in a dangerous TNA territory when you keep bringing these. Yeah, guys I mean, back. Uh, Jer- Jericho, thankfully, came out and just said the truth, which I think will sort of get a lot of people's heads right. I mean, th- having the big show and Sting and Jericho on your roster makes it easy to get TV deals in India. And that's important. You know, I mean, like to, if you're if you're if AW is going to compete with WWE. They need to have like international TV contracts, you know, they need to have like casual fans flipping the channel and being like, holy shit, Sting's still working. Or, holy shit, Tully Blanchard is still still (laughs) working. That was a blast. We didn't even talk about the new Four Horsemen. But here's the thing, is like, Tully is kind of a fun, is like a fun hire for them, because he's not somebody who's done a lot in WWF or WWE. You know, he had the brain uh, busters for a little bit. Um, But, uh, you know, he's somebody that, you know, Vince really hasn't had his, his hands on and had his prints on. In the same way that he's, you know, I mean, big, okay, big, there's nobody who's uh, been uh, <laughs> whose trajectory has been altered more by a company than the big show, you know, <laughs> like as far as like being the ultimate utility player. So, yeah, I, I just I don't know, man, I, I really love the company and I, I hope it just uh, I hope it doesn't. You know, I hope that Tony Khan isn't a money mark, you know, <laughs> like which my co-host thinks he is, but I, I hope he's not. You mentioned Alistair Black, and I don't have any reason to believe he's a free agent, but um, his wife, Zelina Vega, now the Trinidad, is. And there is this other weird like subplot here where it, I think they announced sort of in passing on Dynamite that that uh, Rebel, Britt Baker's partner, was injured. And if she's not there, Britt Baker would pick her new uh, her, her partner. It probably will end up being nothing. But I do think that Zelina Vega. I really hope they don't do that though during the buy. But the, but they, 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 I mean, I've seen her name floated because I think her non compete is like up as of today or something. So yeah, she's coming on. She's coming to AW for sure. Um, you heard it here, folks. Maybe she's the person that Big Show was talking about. I would love to see a Big Show and and Zelina Vega team up. They they the size disparity would just be hilarious. Or they like play video games together on Twitch. That would also look pretty ridiculous. <laughs> all right, I'm all in. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I, there, there's a lot of interesting question marks for that one. Also, okay, so we have we don't know who either of those people are. We also don't know. Do you think there's going to be a fourth horseman? Who do you, who would you pick? Who would you pick to go? Assuming that JJ Dillon and, and Tully Blanchard aren't actually members of whatever fake four horsemen is about to happen, or or Arn Anderson for that matter. Who would you pick to go with Sean Spears and FTR? Who would you pick to be the Ric Flair of that group? Can I just kick Sean Spears out? <laughs> <laughs> Can I just have an FBFDR totally? Because those guys, it's such a great package with those three. Like, and now like Sean is dying his hair like Cody. It's real weird, man. It's it's real weird. Uh I don't know. If I if I had to do a fourth, well, you gotta look around the roster and, and see like who's you know, who's not working right now, right? And who doesn't have a spot. And and, you know, to AEW's credit, a lot of guys have a pretty good spot where they wouldn't need to to jump in. But I don't know, man. I, I, can't, I, I can't think of anybody who would fit with FTR and Tully right now off the top of my head. I mean, honestly, Britt. Britt would be pretty good. Yeah, I that thought. would actually be great. Um, a lot of people have been assuming it's Cody Rhodes because of the Arn Anderson connection. Obviously, Cody has like two other factions that he's a part of. So I'm not sure that, that this is going to be the one. But... Um, that would I mean, be awesome if Cody turned his back on the Nightmare Family. Yeah, I mean Cody would be Cody is, in, is sort of perfect, right? I mean he has Cody's the suits, perfect. he has the whatever. Also, the one thing Cody can't do that he says he can do is kind of getting new guys over. You know what I mean? So I think that like just put him with guys who are already over, like FDR. You know, you don't have to like saddle him with QT Marshall, and yeah. then you get a, and then you get like a an, an extra feud out of that because you have you can do Dustin and Cody again yeah and it's completely different mm-hmm. and uh and that match was incredible the last time uh I think the other one I have my eye on is Adam Page if you really want to make because I mean the, the thing that AEW if they actually want to kind of subtly or directly reboot the horsemen 
they can't ha- they can't half ass it. You know, this can't be like another nightmare. For- I mean, this can't be just another they faction that kind of fades Spears in the background. In yeah. Well, yeah. This can't be. You can't do a fake four horsemen and then have it be like the eighth most important faction on your roster. And that's I, the one person who I think would be sort of interesting, also in search of a sort of family, and um, or we might see that he needs one, and you could really stand. I think pretty soon to to have a little character turn would be would be Hangman Page. I think that would be super. That would be very interesting. I don't know, man. You got such a white meat baby face with that dude, right? Yeah, AEW has done some very has 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 not been hurt by you know letting people play heel when you thought they should be baby face and vice versa. So uh, you know, I, I agree. But also, he could be a baby face in that faction. It's not like we're just necessarily booing all those dudes. Oh, Scorpio Sky's a possibility too. I, I was looking at that too. He's I mean, got kind of weird to think of like, you know, like a multicultural four horsemen, you know, just because like, I just think of like old white guys with like a, like, like a hat smoking cigars and saying racist stuff in a limo. when I think <laughs> of the four horsemen, but you know, he, he fits the bill. He's, he's a good talker. He's good in the ring. And he's got like that, that kind of clean cut look like similar to the other guys. Yeah, you're right. Scorpio Except for Sean are- Spears who looks like Brigitte Nelson. <laughs> Scorpio's guy is an interesting one because he's not a spring chicken, um, but he's obviously like penciled in as a huge upside guy in this company. And I'll be interesting to see, it'll be interesting to see what they decide to do with him in, in this gimmick or another one. Right. I mean, he's, I feel like he's got the potential to be a main adventure for them. And it seemed like when he had that one shoe match way back at the beginning, they were, they were going to put the rocket on him and then it, it, nothing really came of it. Now he's in this, Face of the Revolution ladder match for a future AEW TNT championship. And um, he would be a really interesting one to get it. Um, Here's my breakdown of this. And this is very, very loose. Obviously, it could be anybody in this match. But Lance Archer is a maybe. But I kind of think Pinta, Lance, Max Caster, anyone else they put in. These guys don't need a future champion i mean a future match guaranteed right you see much easier to book them into a championship match any other number of ways than to like give them a money in the bank briefcase scorpio sky and cody rhodes i can see as legitimate winners for this you know as you brought up cody and enter like joining with ftr that's just because then that like then you can have sting and darby you know you can have cody going after the title and sting and darby you know sting going after the other horsemen and yeah that that's really cool yeah so we'll see. We'll see. Uh, we have Hangman Page, the aforementioned versus Matt Hardy um, in a big money match, which is just, you know, this is what I'm saying. Adam Page at some point might be good to pull him away from sort of the comedy angles, but we'll see. Um, you mentioned Darby Allen and Sting. They're going to be going up against Brian Cage and Ricky Starks of Team Taz uh, in a street fight, which sounds scary, but I'm assuming it's a um, another way of saying Sting's not going to, you know, have to take a ton of back bumps in this match, despite the power bomb that he took last week. Well, they could um, also do the, um, I mean, I think they're going to probably do like what they did with Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania 34. Like they'll have sting start off hot and then mm-hmm. he'll get injured and then he'll come back and save the day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it would also be cool if they just brought back the fake stings. This would be a great opportunity <laughs> for like saying that's hilarious. Um, all right. So, the stuff I'm really excited for. Well, there's oh man, all, all the title matches. Wait, here I thought so fake good. sting was Cody. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's been so many fake stings, it's hard to keep yeah. count. Uh Young Bucks versus the Inner Circle. Um, I mean the Chris Jericho and MGF version of the inner inner circle. I love I love Jericho and MJF as, as a tag team. Um with Santana and Ortiz sort of standing behind them implicitly as like their tag team coaches. Uh, th- this could be this could be a lot of fun. Um, Miro and Kip Sabian versus the best friends, or it was Orange Cassidy and Chuck Taylor. Incredible stuff. It's very nice, David. But keep going. I'll stop. No, I love. I love. I listen. Everything. Anything with like Chuck Taylor and Miro in it, I'm a fan of. But um, and so I, I've been enjoying what they've been doing over there. Uh, the big thing I want to talk about, we have to talk about, is uh, Kenny Omega versus John Moxley in an exploding barbed wire death match. <laughs> What on earth is this going to be? Let me just let me let's start with the let's just start with basic, not even win loss predictions, basic predictions. On a scale of one to ten, one being a thing that 
I would let my two year old watch and 10 being an actual FT like Japanese barbed wire death match exploding everything scary death match. What level of carnage do you think we're going to get on Sunday night? I think it's going to be pretty high, man. I mean, I think that there's definitely going to be, there's definitely going to be blood. You know, I, I said this before. Um, if, if you've seen one of these barbed wire death matches, nobody's a great worker in it. Um, the great worker is the company itself. It's whether or not they can build something that's going to look cool that blows up because that's in a lot of ways, the explosions in the barbed wire are a more important worker in the match than Kenny Omega and John Moxley. Like I love mm-hmm. the Terry Funk Anita match, but they don't do a lot. You know, no. <laughs> they really don't do a lot. They, they throw each other and, and they're great at what they do, but you know, all credit really is due to like, you know, the, uh, the FMW or who is it? I think that's FMW uh-huh. uh, production team, you know, and, and how they knew how to build these matches. So it really is just going to depend on who, you know, like what they can do. I think, I think they want to make it bloody. They want to make it that like cover of an NWA magazine sort of feel, but we'll see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Anita was in the, that uh, preview package for it. And they went out and got the deathmatch legend and put him in there, which is I thought really cool. And it, and AEW AEW is always going to benefit by doing the the biggest way they can set them set themselves apart from WWE is to is to acknowledge that the rest of the world exists. Yes, um, yes, absolutely. And uh, the, you know, just doing those little things they they really mean a lot. I agree. The production is going to be really meaningful. Um, and you're right. Those you know a lot of those matches don't have a lot of stuff. And although. You know, as much as we love seeing Melcher drivers and this new age of of professional wrestling offense that just seems like something from another planet that we would have never imagined as a child, your real highlight reel as a wrestler is taking bumps, right? I mean, there's a reason why Shaq came to, to came to to Dynamite to film a show, and the, the his big moment was taking a back bump through a table, right? Um, that's going to be a lot more meaningful on replay than the power bomb he did was because every because you everyone knows wrestling's fake and you're like well anybody could do a power bomb I power bomb my cousin on the king size bed at my grandparents house like that's fine but falling that far through a table is pretty cool and you know even if you're slow working in slow motion and not taking a lot of crazy bumps like falling backwards onto barbed wire ropes is like an incredibly impressive physical feat and when <laughs> when you lie on something and then it explodes and even if the explosion is sort of like late that even that looks even more painful. You know, the whole thing is yeah. just like the what's what's impressive is just the is yes, the tech side, but what's really impressive is the willingness just to walk into the ring and do that thing. Well, it's inter- it's, it's a very interesting match because, you know, Moxley and Omega could do the first 5 minutes of the most amazing mat wrestling that you've ever seen, like Kurt Angle, Benoit level stuff, and if they toss each other into that ape into the ring ropes, and and it's like a sparkler goes off and not a boom. Uh, the match is done. It's DOA. <laughs> it's dead on arrival. So it really just depends. Like how big is that first bump? How big is that first explosion going to be? That first explosion is going to set the pace of the entire match. Yeah, it is. I mean, and this is one of those situations where I think Moxley is, has acknowledged this. Expectations are going to be way too high, right? I mean, there, there's no way to do even the best death matches are like at first glance they don't live up to what you're doing in your imagination because you don't want you actually no human being very few human beings would want to watch a match that that lived up to what you imagined in one of the you know in in, in a death match right you don't actually want to see a wrestler you like die you don't want well, there's you a reason want, people like the match between terry funk and mcfoley on monday night raw way more than their king of the death match yeah because like the end of the king of the death match is just like two guys that you love getting cut out of barbed wire. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 it's gnarly. Yeah. It's, it's really gnarly and super slow motion and, and, and whatever, but it's, and it's, yeah. Um, but, but, the, but the expectations will be like crazy, crazy high for this. So you're right. The first bump will mean a lot just sort of, but, but even like going out there and what the ring looks like at the beginning is going to be meaningful. I bet they'll figure that part out, but it's, you know, the whole thing is just going to be, People are going to be like on Twitter complaining about what they're wearing, you know, when they get out there. It's going to be it'll be it'll be interesting to see how the first few minutes goes. And then we'll then we'll settle into a very comfortable 
you know, 15 minutes of really awkward gore and it'll be, you know, it'll be fun. Um, I can't believe they're doing it, frankly. I think, I, I, I think it's a, it's a talk about willingness to go out there and do it. I mean, willingness to set up this match at this point in AEW's history is pretty, pretty incredible. Yeah, this could be the new blow-off match since they turned Hell in a Cell into a pay-per-view. This could be the ultimate blow-off match. Oh, for sure. Ultimate blow-off step, I should say. Yeah, I I, I don't even know how to preview this match any further because I don't know what to expect. I mean, it's going to be absolutely just bizarre. Bizarre. Um, And and hopefully, hopefully really cool. I'm not a big deathmatch dude uh, for the most part, but I'm excited to see what they do on a sort of hypothetical level here i remember when i was uh, in high school we got like a tape of the death matches and one of them was a piranha match (laughs) have you ever seen that it's like and it sounds so badass but it's just like four big tanks outside the ring and like clearly like it's like they're not working piranhas you know so it's like they don't immediately attack the guy i totally forgot that that existed until you just said it yeah, dude, it's pretty, it's pretty, it, it's, it's a little underwhelming when you actually watch the match, but uh, it's wild. They did it. Oh my gosh. Oh, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah. I feel like that should be on a live leak and not YouTube, but. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I went we, yeah. A piranha death match is, that's too far. I'm, I'm just pausing it. I can't even watch it. It looks very incredible. Austin Powersy, if anyone, you know. My God. Okay. Uh, is there anything else you want to talk about from from Revolution, or are we just are we? Is there any other than matches that are that are that are calling no, out I, to you? I'm really excited about the whole card, man. So I, I don't have. It is interesting you say that though. Like, do we have a, a match that we think is going to be the best work rate match? Is it is it Bucks and Jericho and MJF? I think the the odds of that being the best work rate match are pretty low. Well, I guess li- the, the odds of that living mm. up to our sort of expectations. The but the Bucks seem to be perpetually hobbling at this point. Right. Jericho, whatever. MJF. Well, you know what? MJF is as good as his dance partner in the ring. You know, he's an incredible promo, but like, you know, he needs a jungle boy in there. He's in. Yeah, he's really good. This could be one of those. This could be a match where MJF, if MJF gives you an A, an A, A minus where everybody's just like, everyone loves to get excited when MJF, when they realize MJF is good. So that could be the one. The women's title match is obviously going to be, has the potential to be a real big work rate, exciting match. and. Depending on, I mean, depending on how the ladder match goes, I mean, I think that's going to be the one we talk about. I, you know, it's find it hard to imagine that Sting or Matt Hardy or, um, you know, a lot of the the, the multi person matches are going to really end up being one that we talk about in terms of work rate. But I don't think it's. I, I bet I think it'd be it would be a huge upset if they didn't put on a match that 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 you know they got close to five stars. So. Um, yeah, I'm excited to see what that is too. It's going to be a bit, I mean, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm very excited. Maybe it's just, I don't think it has anything to do with anything else. I think this is the most excited I've been for an Are AEW Are you guys pay-per-view. allowed to advertise it because you're the ringer and their bleacher report? <laughs> I thought you were going to be because I thought you were going to say, because I get paid by WWE. Um, no, oh, yeah, we, no, no, we, no. we can talk about whatever we want on this show. That's the great thing about it. Yeah, no, it's, it's, uh. I'm not sure how much longer B- Bleach Report, at least BR Live, is going to be involved with AEW stuff after after that streaming incident from last week and Tony Khan's reaction. But uh, I don't know, man. I just think that I'm very excited to be excited on this level about an AEW pay-per-view because I'm a fan, but it's this is a... I don't know. They're just like hitting their stride in a real way. And listen, I know all the AEW marks out there are going to be like, oh, you don't care about them. You're only just paying attention now or whatever you're going to say. No, like it's possible to like AEW and to be a lifelong or a promotion long AEW fan and still say what they're doing now is an improvement, is a step up, is like, is like, you know, the momentum is actually swinging for them. It's, I don't think there's anything lamer in wrestling than a fan being an either AEW or WWE guy. That what you're basically saying is I like one billionaire more than the other. You should be a wrestler fan. You're a fan of different wrestlers you're yeah. not a fan of the billionaire's dream come on guys grow up i wish i knew more people who were like when i was like what do you think about raw if they were just like oh no 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 i mean I, or what do you think about dynamite last week it's like well I, you know i only watch i only watch penta matches that's really he's my guy <laughs> i'm actually just a peter avalon guy that's it <laughs> yeah. whether he's on dark or elevation that's where i go 
Um, that would be fantastic. I, I wish there were more people who are just fans of very specific wrestlers. Um, no. Can I? Is, what else do we need to talk about? I have like an, I have like a billion notes about this week, and I feel like we actually tore through the important stuff. Um, let's see. I will say this. Uh, oh, okay. Babyface producer John just wrote Soldier Boy in all caps. In, in the all chat. caps, which is how Soldier Boy would write it. Um, I think we only were really caring about this because Bad Bunny is working. You know, I mean, it's like you just sort of make the weird corollary to to Soldier Boy. I guess Randy Orton went off on him too. Um, I mean, it was it was a total work. Randy didn't. If you wear the tweets, it was just kind of like. Yeah, you know, by the but, end of it, it's like, you, like, oh, these guys are gonna smoke weed together as soon as they see each other. John, do we have to? I mean, like, if Soldier Boy did anything else, if it wasn't wrestling, if this was Soldier Boy shit talking, an NBA player, would you be here? Would somebody be in the chat telling Justin Verrier that he had to talk about it on the NBA show? Uh, John Kermowit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Soldier Boy is like a master troll at this point. That like his career has been over. But somehow he manages to just find a way to get headlines still. And I'm one of those people that's like, I've never been a fan of Soldier Boy's music, but I love his personality. I love how he's able to still stay relevant somehow. I just I wonder, Jonathan, is it going to be and maybe we'll talk about this on my show for tomorrow. Like, is this going to be like the new thing of like washed up musicians or rappers just calling out wrestlers. Like didn't bow wow call somebody out. Too? Yep. Like, mm-hmm. yep. It, it's just the new, I, I guess they're seeing bad bunny and thing. It's like, no guys, bad bunny was hot before this. It's not like MC hammer is going to fight Kenny Omega and have another gold album. It's just not going to happen. Right. I think for some, some guys like say, even though I don't support his music, a guy like six, nine, like, I, I think if they came to WWE, they would be the greatest heels of all time. Honestly, if you if you bring like one rapper that's just washed that comes in and is like, you know, this product is so fake, blah, 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 blah. And then you send a guy down that looks like a Ryback that just destroys him. That would <laughs> literally just be must must watch television because you would get like rap fans. That that's don't why like Cavehead was so great, you know, and. Listen, everybody knows that when I watch professional wrestling, especially when I used to write about it a whole lot, my, my gimmick was sort of that I just gave the, gave wrestling all the credit in the world, pretending it was smarter than it was. And if I want to give that level of credit to Soldier Boy, he is sort of a genius, right? I mean, so there are very few people on earth who can like make money by selling like broken Chinese knockoffs of PlayStations to his fans and pretending that he has an exclusive contract with them. And then when it's revealed that it's all like dropship BS and he was lying, he gets even more publicity from that. So he like, he, he can cash in on both sides, right? Is it, is that, is that his gift in life, John? Yes. Truly genius. Truly genius. I'll give him that. (laughs) Well, maybe that's what he's doing here. Maybe the, maybe the Ryback getting destroyed by Ryback would be the biggest win for him possible. Um, by the way, if Ryback is the big signing on AEW, what is the reaction going to be? Um, uh, money back for the pay-per-view? That's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. There's no way. Ryback has been in the news for all the wrong reasons the last couple months. He cannot wrestle in the ring. Uh, and his pro- he's a mediocre promo. He just, you know, he's a roided-out freak. It's just not, it would, be, it would be such a bad move for them. What about, uh, what about Carlito? He apparently is done with WWE. I don't know, man. What what are you going to do with Carlito? He's like, he looked good the last time we saw him. But again, it's like another 40-year-old guy. What are we, raw? (laughs) I just don't think age matters anymore. As long as guys like, I mean, I know Lashley's been around forever, but but he's only been like in front of us for about, you know, five years of total ring time, right? So we can just, let's just count him as like 28. Yeah, I I don't think it matters that much. Um, Especially when you look that good. There's listen, there's very few people in the world who are able to look the exact same or better now than they did 15, 20 years ago. One of those people is Bobby Lashley. Another one of those people somehow is JJ Dillon. I don't know. Both of the both of them look exactly the same as they did when I first saw them. So uh, You're right. JJ Dillon looks exactly the same. He's it's an amazing thing. I think the best, as far as longevity goes, the best possible thing to to do was to be like 45 years old in 1985 because that is when people stopped getting old but you if you look old in that moment then you can just maintain for the rest of your life like arn yeah exactly exactly um well listen we love arn anderson we love uh we love soldier boy we love jj dylan 
even Ryback from a time from time to time. Um, no, not really. <laughs> uh, what are, oh yeah, SmackDown. Wait, SmackDown's in tomorrow, and um, Daniel Bryan is facing Jey Uso in a steel cage match for the rights to face Roman Reigns at Fastlane. God, it's the best wrestling show on TV, and it's always an afterthought. It's well because of, it, honestly, it does. It's it's a huge. It does itself a huge disservice by being by coming out after all the podcasts in the world record, <laughs> but after all <laughs> one million wrestling podcasts to record for the week. Here's the thing, Daniel Bryan is doing amazing stuff. Every time he gets a microphone in front of him, when he was on Talking Smack with Paul Heyman last week, he. Ta- I mean, it's he's great. It's really great. SmackDown also does this thing. They did it with with Kevin Owens several times. They did it with Jey Uso. They're doing it with Daniel Bryan now, where they backdoor in these these matches where they'll like have kind of a fake first match in a feud, and then when they have the next match, you're like so hyped up for it as if the feud's been going on for six months. I thought the Daniel Bryan Elimination Chamber match was just that that was going to be the end of it, and I was very disappointed. Now they're going to take it into another pay per view. That's I think that's 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 very cool. Um, obviously edge is going to be involved in some form or fashion with this whole thing. But if Daniel Bryan fights Roman Reigns at fast lane, count me in, man, count me in, even knowing that it's a one-off. Oh, remember that last fast lane match they had no, in 2015, it was unbelievable. Yeah, man. I mean, this is the match that I think a lot of people were hoping for, for WrestleMania. I certainly was, I thought that, you know, babyface Daniel Bryan against heel Roman Reigns would be just an epic WrestleMania match. And I know why they're going with edge, but, you know, if this is a moment where Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns are just like, you know, let's go show everybody what we would have done at WrestleMania, then this could be an incredible fast lane. Yeah, I, I do think Daniel Bryan's like, I mean, Meltzer says this all the time. It's clear his his head is in a different place than, you know, where he was uh, around WrestleMania. They're, like, he is so married to just getting guys over, you know, like more so than any wrestler I think I've ever seen. I, to a point sometimes where I think it's a detriment. Like, I'm like, yeah, give, give, give him a little bit more, you know, give him a few more wins at least a couple of months ago. But yeah, so I don't know. I mean, I think that his whole focus in that match is going to be, I want to make Roman look like a monster. That's it. Yeah. I And, and, and that's what, I mean, really, it's one thing to be like, I'm going to get, you know, Cesaro over or something, you know, help, help get some somebody who really like needs a little bump to start their push. But to have the, you know, galaxy brain to be like, I can actually help the biggest star in the company be a bigger star on the road to his biggest match at WrestleMania. That's something that he can actually do. And, and if he sees that, that's really smart of him. Uh, is there anything else we need to touch on John? He just, okay. He, he in his, in his cheat sheet, John, John included the fact that Ahmed Johnson claims that Vince McMahon has blacklisted him from, from the hall of fame. I don't think Vince McMahon has thought about Ahmed Johnson in 10 years. That's my first initial thought. But Vince McMahon like, does whatever he wants and gets his way. We see it every time we turn on wrestling, on WWE wrestling. But I think if Vince McMahon woke up tomorrow or walked into the office tomorrow and said, hey, let's put Ahmed Johnson in the Hall of Fame, that might be the one thing that his staff would revolt. <laughs> Everybody who works there is just like, no, man, Ahmed Johnson's been there for, I mean, it was on TV for like a minute and he was terrible. <laughs> he was all right. He had fire. He had a good baby face fire. I loved him. I loved Ahmed Johnson. He couldn't do moves. He couldn't talk, but he looked really cool. The first time I went to a WrestleMania weekend, like WrestleFest signing, he was sitting over in a corner and it was, he was the saddest part of it. And that was when Jake, he's he's also like 300 pounds. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say that's when Jake, the snake was drinking too. So, and somehow Ahmed Johnson was sadder than, than Jake, the snake 20 feet away. Well, you didn't, you didn't go drinking with Jake, the snake that night though. I'm sure that he would have somehow. (laughs) I cannot believe you're going to have to bleep that out. That's fantastic. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Jim Crockett Jr. died. That's what we got. That's the what, that's that's what's on my list that we totally missed. Um, I've actually spent a lot of this week watching Jim Crockett Jr. tape um, for this documentary that people know we're working on. Uh, but it's just all stuff that everybody else has seen. I mean, it's not nothing too exciting. All the, his, the rise and fall of WCW documentary uh, has a lot of him in it. And... Um, he was an incredibly important person in professional wrestling history. Uh, incredibly important. And and we all know that, but he's also really smart too. There's a lot of these people who are important in wrestling who, you know, you don't necessarily want to hear talk about wrestling forever. And he was there. I think he did a, do- a podcast with Conrad too. Uh, yeah, well, he was past. about to start. I mean, they did an interview for sure, but I think they were about to start off something. I guess the guy made a ton of money in real estate after wrestling, so he never really had to 
you know, I think he maybe tried to dip his toe in again, but, it, you know, it wasn't the same, obviously. Well, if he was investing in real estate in Charlotte, North Carolina, he's a trillionaire right now because there's a lot of a lot of expensive land over there. Trust me. I actually happen to know that right now. Holy shit. Is David buying land in North Carolina right now? <laughs> no, I wish. I wish I had money to buy no. a house in North Carolina. Um, but Charlotte, man, Charlotte's expensive as New York right now. Anyway, thank you for doing this, Dan. Do you want to plug your podcast on the way out the door? Absolutely. Uh, Wrestle Roasts. We uh, debut the Roast of the Big Show. Friday morning. So tomorrow morning, because this comes out, I'm guessing tonight. Uh, and uh, we have the roast of Bret Hart already geared up. We are announcing who is who our big roast for WrestleMania is. So uh, check that out. The road to Rosamania starts tomorrow morning. And uh, you can find me on Dan St. Germain on Instagram and at DS Germain on Twitter. Thank you. Thank you, David and Jonathan for having me. Uh, thank you for doing this, man. Apologies, as always, to John Moxley. Enjoy Revolution. We'll see you back here next week, Humanoids. Tony Schiavone here on the Mass Man Show. We are desperately out of time. The tape machines are rolling. We'll see you next week on the Mass Man Show. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing. My friends were there, the weather was phenomenal, and most importantly, the food was fantastic. But one thing I struggled with was finding the right places to stay. You know, all I want is a great bed, a fantastic shower, and breakfast that doesn't end at 8 a.m. I'm on holiday, I'm still sleeping. I also like ease, and the Hotels.com app easily helps me to find a perfect hotel for every trip. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly getaway or a relaxing spa weekend, on the Hotels.com app, you can compare up to five hotels side-by-side. Now, why would you want to do that? So you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings. And best of all, you don't have to switch back and forth between options. See? Ease. So, start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today.